Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, December 19th. Coming up, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly just won re-election to another four-year term. How will the Democrat lead, especially as the legislature's GOP supermajority tries to frustrate her goals and rein in her powers? I will just continue to operate as governor in the same way that I have for the last four years. Uh, Regardless of what they say, I'll still work with them uh, in an effort to pass good policy. That's ahead, but first, our weekly look at top government and politics stories on both sides of the state line. The newly sworn in Stacy Graves begins her first full week as chief of the Kansas City Police Department today. The department, uniquely in the state and the nation, remains under the control of a state-appointed board of commissioners, which selected Graves last week. Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas was critical of the mostly closed-door process that led to the board promoting an internal candidate. Graves has been acting deputy chief and a 25-year veteran of the department, which hasn't brought in an outsider as chief since 1973. Even so, Lucas told KCUR's Up to Date that Graves was the best of the three finalists. We all were interested in at least new ideas, new voices. It was our view ultimately that Stacey Graves, although an internal candidate, did present a lot of those change ideas that could help Kansas City long term. Lucas hopes Graves can hit the ground running to address the city's violent crime problem. A Missouri Republican wants to strike language from the state constitution that says marriage is solely between a man and a woman. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. State Representative Chris Sander is one of two openly gay Republicans serving in the legislature. He wants to amend the Constitution to say a valid marriage is, quote, between two individuals. That would put the Missouri Constitution in line with new federal law. The state's language limiting marriage hasn't been binding in years. Still, Sanders' move puts him at odds with other members of his party who have been outspoken against gay marriage, like Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft and Missouri Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. In a case with statewide implications for voting rights in Kansas, a new lawsuit alleges that Dodge City's election system, where all residents vote for all city commissioners, disenfranchises Latino voters. Rose Conlon of the Kansas News Service reports. Latino residents make up 65% of Dodge City's total population and 46% of its voting age citizen population. But no Latinos have been elected to its five-member city commission in over two decades. The lawsuit says that violates federal law. The groups behind it say the city should draw single-member districts. Sharon Brett is the legal director of the ACLU of Kansas. She says similar problems exist across the state, including with school board elections. The way that these at-large voting systems work really prevents minority community members from having a powerful voice in local politics. And Dodge City Manager Nicholas Hernandez told the Kansas News Service the city disagrees with the complaint, but welcomes the chance to discuss opportunities for improvement. And finally, since the pandemic, hundreds of child care providers in Missouri have closed. Many more are struggling to retain staff. As KCUR's Noah Taborda reports, some government and business leaders think one solution might be offering health care benefits. Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe and the Missouri Chamber of Commerce are touting a chamber benefit plan. It allows hundreds of small businesses to enter into a joint health care plan, lowering costs across the board. Wendy Doyle is the CEO of United We. She said the program could make childcare jobs more attractive. 
we've heard loud and clear, this is a tremendous barrier to really recruit, retain the workforce. And this is just a small piece to the big puzzle. Businesses must be a member of one of Missouri's chambers of commerce to join the benefit plan. We'll be right back. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. It's never been easy for Laura Kelly. For four years as a Democratic governor in a state capital where Republicans hold almost all the other levers of power, any success has necessarily involved pragmatism, compromise, and patience. Now with voters sending Kelly back to Topeka for a second term, what will be different and what won't be? Host Steve Kraske spoke with Kelly on KCUR's Up to Date. Here's an edited portion of their conversation. Well, we haven't talked since the midterm election just over a month ago, a year ago at this time. How likely did you think a second term was for you? Because I got to tell you, a lot of insiders, including a bunch from your own party, thought it was something of a reach. Oh, I know there were a lot of skeptics uh, there, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if I didn't think I could win, I would not have run. Uh, you know, I don't want to set myself up for for that kind of event. So, uh I was I was confident that if I ran the kind of campaign I'm capable of running, uh, and if I stuck to uh, not just the message but um, our accomplishments over the past four years, you know, we made a lot of promises when we ran in 2018. Uh, we kept those promises. You know, we fully funding our schools, closing the bank of KDOT. You know, we really did what we said we would do, and I felt like the people of Kansas recognized that uh, and would reward me with uh, a second term. You know, another Democrat in our neck of the woods, Sharice Davids, the congresswoman handily won her seat in the third district. Democrats did fairly well considering that we're all in ruby red Kansas. What did you make of that? Again, you know, uh, Congresswoman Sharice Davids uh, is truly a moderate, uh, and I think she very well represents uh, that district, even as it was uh, reconfigured uh, during redistricting. But I, you know, once the re- uh, the redistricting happened. You know, Congresswoman Davids uh, went into those new areas and let the people get to know her, and and they. Uh, realized and accepted that she was the moderate that she proposed herself to be. You know, when you win a race like you did in a state like Kansas, do you hear from the president of the United States? You get a phone call or what happens? You hear from a lot of people. I bet. I bet. <laughs> when, uh, after, after they got over the shock of my mm-hmm. having won. Uh, so, yes, I, I did hear from, from lots of uh, folks uh, from all across the country. Including the president? Including the president and the vice president. Huh. You know, there's new talk since your reelection about you possibly ascending to the chairmanship of the Democratic Governors Association. Do you plan to head in that direction? Well, I agreed to be vice chair right. uh, of the Democratic Governors Association 
Which tradi- traditionally means you would ascend. <clears throat> it does, but I, I had a caveat with them that I would go ahead and take uh, the vice chair, uh, but that did not mean that I would automatically ascend uh, into the position of chair. You know, Democrats ac- across the country are now looking to you for direction for the party in the wake of your win in a state to remind everybody that Donald Trump uh, in 2021 by 15 points. You've heard that stat a number of times. How is that new responsibility sitting with you? Well, I mean, the fact that I accepted uh, the vice chair of uh, the DGA suggests that I I take that responsibility uh, very strongly. You know, I think uh, I have a responsibility uh, to work with others uh, to um, offer advice, guidance, uh, on how uh, to run a race uh, to get elected in a state like Kansas. You know, the state is still quite conservative, Kansas is, and, and that becomes increasingly evident when you look uh, at the legislature. You've made a point to work across the aisle in the past. What is your plan for working with Republicans moving forward in second term? Well, Steve, I, I might take a little um, uh, concern about calling Kansas conservative, uh, you know, just because the the way people define that. If you look at what happened in August uh, with the amendment uh, and the fact that it went down. The abortion amendment. Yes, it went down by such a huge majority that, you know, I think that's more Kansas. That's that's the Kansan. Those are the Kansans I know. The ones, you know, I knocked on their doors when I was running for state senate and the ones I've been communicating with as governor. So I, th- I think Kansans are truly just moderate, common sense, uh, thoughtful people. And when given the opportunity, uh, we'll express that. But it's still a state that elects uh, someone like Sam Brownback uh, in uh, to lo- large majority. Someone, it's a state that elects someone like Roger Marshall to the U.S. Senate by a large mar- margin. Those are pretty conservative folks. Yeah, uh, that, that is true. Uh, you know, and, and with that in mind, I will agree with you uh, that when yeah. it comes, particularly when it comes to national politics, uh, that Kansas does tend to lean pretty conservative. You know, are Republicans going to work with you? I, mean, I, I couldn't help but notice that right after the election, Republicans were saying that you had no clear mandate for your agenda. And they pointed out that you won just short of the 50 percent margin. I want to quote Senate President Ty Masterson, who said this governor, Laura Kelly, benefited from a split Republican electorate, which for the second time gave her the win without a majority of Kansans supporting her or her agenda. What do you say to that? Because they think you don't have a mandate. Well, they said that the first time, too. Uh, And so I will just um, continue to operate as governor in the same way that I have for the last four years. Uh, And that is, uh, regardless of what they say, I'll still work with them uh, in an effort uh, to pass good policy uh, and programs here in the state of Kansas. They still have a supermajority in both chambers of the legislature, and that means you'll need GOP help in passing big bills. Right. I will. Uh, and also to sustain vetoes, uh, should that be necessary. So, uh, again, you know, we were successful in the first four years being able to form uh, bipartisan coalitions to get school funding uh, done, to uh, close the Bank of KDOT, uh, to reform our uh, child welfare system. We, we we're able to do that. You know, this I'm going into uh, you know, my second term with a very similar uh, legislature, uh, and I expect that we'll continue to work with them. I also have, you know, I have long standing relationships with both the president 
uh, of the Senate and now the new Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. So I think I can uh, use those relationships uh, to work with them uh, to really continue moving Kansas forward. We've obviously got to talk about the Keystone Pipeline and the oil spill that occurred up in Washington County, Kansas. How is the state responding to what happened up there what do you make of it? Well, we're we're responding uh, aggressively. Uh, you know, we have had folks from uh, the Department of Health and Environment uh, on the ground there, working alongside uh, with the EPA and the energy company uh, to ensure that. Uh, well, one, you know, we have uh, mitigated the damage that that can be done by that oil spill, so that it's not getting into our drinking water, uh, and then cleaning up. Uh, you know, is something that uh, is going to take a while. Uh, you know, this morning we read that uh, the oil is flowing through some other parts of the Keystone. Uh, that is not the part uh, that's here in the state of Kansas. That is still shut down, and that will stay shut down uh, until and if uh, the company is able to uh, ensure that no spill will ever happen again. How does something like this happen? When this thing was built, promises were made, Governor, as you well know, this was not supposed to happen. And yet here we are. You know, it's very unfortunate, uh, you know, and I think that uh, we've got an investigation going on right now uh, to determine really what what did happen uh, and to then put in place measures that will ensure that it never happens again. Do we know how much damage was done? No, we're still assessing so. that. Um, uh, we know that we know that it was, oh, I think, uh, oh, 550,000 uh, gallons uh, that spilled out. That's a lot. It's, a uh, lot. it's the largest in, in Keystone's history. Another issue, the application for one-time bonuses for child care workers across the state of Kansas just closed this past weekend. This gave hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars to child care workers to try to get them to stay in their jobs. What's been the impact of that program? Has it helped morale? Has it helped recruitment? Are you getting much feedback on how that program has rolled out? Well, you know, we have not. It's just finishing up yes. with the applications going out. But I can tell you anecdotally, I've yeah. gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, very grateful, uh, both from the individual child care providers, uh, but then also for the, the sort of the companies that uh, or the, uh, the centers uh, that uh, employ these child care workers. So I think it was it was well received. Uh, and absolutely necessary. The point here is that there's a dearth of child care workers in Kansas and you want to do something to keep those folks in their jobs. We, we have to. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the only way that a lot of people can go to work uh, is if they have adequate child care. So, you know, we did this and we will be doing a lot more. That is that's a very high priority of mine. Always has been. You know, I claimed in uh, the 2018 race that I wanted my legacy uh in the state of Kansas to be uh, leaving it with the most robust, uh, comprehensive early childhood education and care system. Uh, and we will continue to work towards that. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly spoke with KCUR's Steve Kraske on Up to Date. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To hear more of Steve Kraske's interview with Laura Kelly or any other conversations from KCUR's daily public affairs program up to date, you can visit kcur.org, where you'll also find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Nomi Nojiadeen's back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.